Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Yeah, I think it's a really good series. Um, I really think it's going to be wonderful and something that the church is going to really take hold of and, and step up the worship in, in our lives, which is really good because I think worship is so important and so powerful, isn't it? Worship is this thing that uh, we can do here as a church, we can do home and with our families, we can do on our own, in the car. It's just one of those things that is so integral into the faith. So I'm really excited to be sharing on this and tonight particularly going to be sharing around the power of worship and, and what it can do in our lives. And I'm going to give a couple of examples from the Bible because it's a good place to preach from. Um, about you know how we can do different types of worship and the, and the effect it can have on our life, which is really cool. But uh, if you don't know me, I'm new to this place, which is really cool. Not church in general, just this church, should clarify that. Um, and, and I grew up out in Orange and Bathurst, which is like way, way away from here. Uh, if you want to be cold, go that way, um, particularly in winter. It's really, really nice place to be, but it's cold. So that's all I've got to say about that. Um, <laughs> but as a kid, if you don't know much about me, and you could probably tell if you've met me, but as a kid, I was a bit of a rat bag. Um, you just ask my fiance over there, she'll tell you that. Um, but yeah, I, I was just one of those punished kids and I really apologise to my parents all the time about it. Um, but who knows that sometimes you can, as a kid, you can sense the moments that your parents are like right on the edge and then you just say something that pushes them right over the edge. Like it's, that was a gift I had as a kid. And Sundays were opportune for those days, weren't they? You know, like mum and dad are trying to get everyone ready out of the house by everyone. It was me and my brother. Like there's only two of us, but it was a stressful experience. And they're, they're panicking and they're trying to get everything sorted and out of the house. And then they're like in the car and they're like, quick, get in the car, put the seatbelt on, click them in. And then I would be the kid as we're driving out the driveway that would go, oh, mum, I was meant to bring morning tea for kids' church. And mum would just like, you, you what? You meant to... And so that's, I was this kid that could just sense the inopportune moments to bring up things like that, which is just not fun, is it? And so when, you, when they're going to church, then, of course, they're thinking about that she forgot to bring this morning tea, and so she's got to apologise to the kids' church leaders and be like, sorry, my son's a rat bag. He didn't tell me. And, and so... You know, how often do our, in our lives do we find ourselves walking into the doors of church not actually thinking about God or worship or not in this place in our mind prepared for, for church? Does anyone find that ever? They're stressed, they're thinking about home. It's crazy, right? And so I want to look tonight at a few different things. Uh, but first I want to look at Psalm 46 verse 10. Um, because it says here, it says, Psalm 46 verse 10, he says, Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And so you might be wondering, like, how is this powerful worship? How does being still uh, refer to power? And it's funny because this entire psalm before that, we get to and we read it, and it's, there's things in there about, you know, uh, God who lifts his voice and the earth melts, uh, the desolations he has brought to the earth, the wars that God makes cease. So this entire psalm has just power all through it and then we get to this verse that says be still and know that I am God and it seems to me when I first read this I was like that's the total opposite of power but I feel that God gave me this revelation and so in my life growing up we grew up in a Baptist church which was really cool um, we sat up the back and we didn't dance but that's just the way the Baptist church was which is okay uh, and so for me worship as I grew up as a kid was very different to what I see it as now. For me, the first experience I kind of had around worship was very structured and very um, disciplined and, and to a certain way, right? 
And then all of a sudden I started going to youth in a, in a Pentecostal INC church in Orange and hanging out with friends there. And, and all of a sudden worship shifted for me as to, from being something that was structured and, and particular to there was freedom in it. There was uh, a different environment and a different atmosphere around worship because it can change in your life. You can experience worship in different ways. Uh, and so for me growing up, when I became a teenager, not that there was anything wrong with the worship I'd experienced in the Baptist church growing up, but I, I'd learnt this new experience. I learnt this new mountaintop kind of experience, we can refer to it as. And so then, once I got more connected in the Pentecostal church, I, I was like, yeah, there's awesome. There's drums and there's big moments and there's people crying and on their knees and this is really an, a powerful worship. And that's what in my brain I started to associate powerful worship with with that mountaintop moment where everyone's on the floor on their knees crying, the drums are just doing something epic. And, and to me, that's what I thought powerful worship was. It wasn't until a few years ago that God challenged me on this thought about being still and the power behind that, about being still and knowing that He is God. So when we read this context here, I'm a bit of a, I like to kind of check where words come from and what they mean sometimes in the Bible because it's really cool to do that. So when we read, be still and know that I am God, uh, still in this original Hebrew is a word called Rapha, which I think is on the screen in a second. It's not spelled how you would think it is. And it actually translates to um, slacken or let go or sometimes it even means to be weak. So when we read this, we can read it as slacken and know that I am God. And then no in this context in Hebrew can be translated to a word called yada that says to be made known. That's what it means. So when we read this, Psalm 46, like that, it says, and I will be made known. I will be exalted among the nations and exalted in the earth. So I, was, I had this revelation of this example, right? And this is where I'm going to go hands free for a second. Sorry about that. Getting fit at church. But sometimes we can come to church, right? This is us coming to church. And we're like ready to go. And we're like, awesome. I'm going to put my pants on, my favorite church pants, the holy pants. And all of a sudden you can't find your pants. And so you're like, here. And you're a little bit stressed and you're a bit tense. And there's a bit of tension there. And then you go to leave and you can't find the keys. And so all of a sudden you find yourself here. And then you're like, oh man, I can't, uh, the car won't start. And then it starts and you're frustrated. And then you get stuck in traffic and you find yourself here. And then you walk into the doors at church and you just like got this face on and you're like, yeah. God's good, hey. When you know that what you're actually thinking is like, oh my gosh, I'm tense. I'm, I'm sitting at this level and everyone's like, God is good. And you're like, all the time, trying to just balance everything, right? We've all done it, haven't we? And so the tendency is sometimes we're like this and we're tense. We're so tense, we're shaking. I haven't used these in a while. Um, I'm going to start shredding for the wedding soon, so it's okay. But the, the tendency is to just walk in and, and be like, oh, I just give up. I just let go of everything. It's just so difficult. It's just, I just want to give everything up, right? But what I think God was showing me through this verse, slacken and I will be made known. So rather than giving it up and letting go of everything, God says, just slacken a little bit. Just release the tension just a little bit. And so I practically, and I actually sometimes I had to do this. I would walk into a, a moment where I'm like, I'm just so stressed that everything's going on. And I would do this. I would stand there in, in the private of my own room or wherever I was and just go, be still and know that I'm God. And then you take another breath. Be still and know that I am God. And all of a sudden you find that you're not as tense. 
you've taken a step back, you've taken a moment and you've just, God is known when I slacken. When I slacken, God is known and he's made known. And I'm not saying that it's all about like not coming to church and slackening up like that. I'm talking about releasing the tension in our body, releasing the tension in our mind. Be still is an action, isn't it? It's a, a doing word. It's a doing thing. And so point number one tonight is, if you're taking notes, is that there is power in stillness. Because it's really tricky to be still sometimes, isn't it? It's really hard to just talk about it up here, but then when you go home this week and people at work are hassling you and everything gets stressful and then you come back next week again and you just, you're tense. You're just sitting here and you're like, man, I, I need to slacken. I know I need to slacken, but I can't do it. It's not easy, but it never says in the Bible that it was going to be easy. We're never told that this is going to be an easy walk. And that's why I think when we look something like Lamentations chapter 3, it says, great is His faithfulness. His mercies are new every single morning. He has given us the opportunity to practice our faith because His faithfulness, His mercies are new every morning for us. We're not going to get it right every time. We strive to be perfect. We strive to, to fit worship into what we think it should be. But God says, it's okay if you don't get it right. My mercies are new every morning for you. We get to practice our faith with good. When was, when was the last time that you actually spent time just waiting on God and just sitting in silence, being still and listening to Him? Because I guarantee that if you're finding yourself sitting here tonight like this, it was a long time ago. It's been a long time since you've just sat down and said, God, speak to me. Be still, slacken, and He'll be made known. Slacken. Siri's talking to me, sorry. How good's that? But I think there's power in just sitting and waiting upon God. Sitting and waiting in our lives when we find it so stressful to just sit there and go, God, what do you want to do with me in church today? What do you want to do with me in worship? So for me, I had to learn that worship is not this incredible experience on a mountaintop crying in, in worship every time. Sometimes it's simply just sitting there waiting on God. When we're stretched out, we're not slackening. And so I had this revelation just the other day with this too, is that when we're like this, we can't actually get our hands up, can we? So visual that when we're like this, we're stressed, we're under tension, we can't actually raise our hands up high enough to go, God, you are the king. You are above everything in my life right now. You're above anything that says it is stressful, anything that the doctors say, anything that work says, you're above that. So when we're like this, we can't get our hands up and say, God, I need to give you the glory. So slacken just enough so that you can raise your hands to God and you can find a moment and be still and let Him be made known. Is that good? I feel like it's good. I think it's... <laughs> I just encouraging myself. Um, but I think worship, and an important point that I want to echo throughout all this, is that worship is a response to God's worth, not our circumstance. Worship is not our response to what's happening in our life. It's not our response to what our kids are saying, what the people next to us are doing. Worship is always a response to His worth, no matter what. So point number two, I believe it, there, there is power in lifting something higher, like I was saying. Why does worship matter? I think it's because worship is the one thing that God cannot do for Himself. God is the Almighty God. He's the power, the Alpha and the Omega. 
But in order to worship, you have to have something higher than yourself. And there is nothing higher than God. There is no one higher than Him. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. So worship, you must have something higher than yourself. That's why worship is so important. When we lift our hands here and we sing, when we lift our hands in worship physically, that's the physical acknowledgement of saying, I acknowledge you, my King, and nothing else. No power down below, no power in hell has any authority over me because I, I stand with Christ. And so one of my favorite stories that shows this, and again, another visual representation is in Exodus 17, verse 8. I'm going to move this out of the way now because it's going to annoy me while you turn to that Bible verse. If you have your Bible, you can read it. If you have your iPad or your eyeballs, it will be on the screen. But a bit of context for this, uh, if you want to know. So basically Moses and the Israelites have just come out of Egypt uh, and, and they're going through the desert. And basically all the Israelites are really angry at Moses and they're like, oh man, we are so thirsty. We have no water. We are dying. Like, why did you bring us out of Egypt for this? And then God instructs Moses to take his staff up to Mount Sinai and strike a rock before the Lord and water will flow from it so they can drink. And that's what happens. So we follow on here straight after that. Straight after that, he's used his staff to flow water from a rock in the desert. That's pretty cool. And then we get to verse 8. And this is titled, Israel Defeats the Amalekites. It says, while people of Israel were still in Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. Notice he didn't hold anything of his, he didn't hold anything of the world. He held the staff of God in his hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arm soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. They stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands, so his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in the battle. See, when we physically engage in worship, it can break the chains that has a hold on us so that we can actually step into the destiny that God has for us. It all comes back to those moments when you feel it's too hard, I'm too tired, I don't, I don't know if I can do this today, I don't know if I can worship. Moses knew that he had what he had to do in order for the Israelites to win the battle. He could have easily said to God, oh, can you give me a few days? You know, we've just, everyone's angry, we've just given them water, let them calm down, give us a few days to regroup and then send them and we'll fight then. You know, he could have just said, God, do I really have to hold my hands up now? But he knew the purpose of what he had to do on the earth so that God could do something in the spiritual realm. The Bible says Moses' arms grew tired, so tired he could no longer hold them up. Does anyone know that kind of tired? I get like that when I swim, so I move to the beach. It's great. No, I don't. <laughs> but everyone knows that. You've, you've experienced that kind of exhaustion before where you actually physically just want to give up and let your arms drop. It's not our convenience that we lift up the most high God. It's out of reverence because worship is in response to His worth. And if you're here tonight and you're looking for this easy breezy ride through life with God, it's, you're in the wrong place. I hate to tell you that. 
Life isn't easy because we're Christians. If you wanted normal, you're in the wrong place. You know, we worship a God who sent his son onto earth to die, who was then raised three days out of the grave. And then he performed miracles and he healed people. He got the blind to see again and the lame to walk. If you want normal, this is definitely the wrong place. Yet still we're here to worship the King of Kings. And when we lift him high in our lives, no matter the circumstance, he starts to move in incredible ways, doesn't he? no matter what our life says around us. And Aaron and her are like the two best mates that you really want to have. The two best people to take up the mountain with you. He had a whole army to choose from. He had Joshua to choose from, an incredible man of God. And he said, I'm going to take these guys because he knew they would understand the importance of what he was about to do. They knew as friends, he had the importance to be able to raise his staff of God in order for God to move in the spiritual realm. So we need friends like that around us. We need to do what we can do so that God can do what He does best. You know, we're not the ones that perform miracles on people. We're not the ones that can heal people. We're not the ones that can raise the dead to life and make water come from a stone. That's all God. But if we do what God says, if we do what we're called to do with what He's given us, then He can move. If we're called to worship and to sing songs to Him, it doesn't say we have to sing amazing like these wonderful people that worship with us every week do. It doesn't say we have to be the best at what we do. It just says God has given us this ability to worship and praise Him. Then He's going to do something that He can do, that He was designed to do when we reflect Him. Because our worship is a reflection of His worth. We do what we can so that God can do the best. So tonight I want to be able to worship a little bit. If the band could come up, that would be amazing. Because we're going to be able to spend a bit of time in worship tonight. Because I believe that with this series, it's not just about listening, about preaching, about worship. It's about actually worshiping and reflecting the King of Kings. And so one of the best parts in this passage as we continue on, uh, in verse 14, it says, After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, Write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder. And read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Then Moses built an altar there. He named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. I really love that. Make it a permanent reminder. It doesn't say that this incredible encounter happened and the Holy Spirit did this wonderful thing so they could win the battle and they just went on there with their merry way and were like, yeah, that was fun. Hey, do you remember that time that we did that? Because we, we obeyed God. Do you remember that? That was cool. Hey. It says they made it a permanent reminder and Moses built an altar that was literally named the Lord is my banner. A banner is defined as something, a long cloth bearing a slogan or design carried in a demonstration or procession or hung in a public place for a purpose. See, I believe Moses had worship on his heart at this point. He knew that a generation would come where they would read this story where we would talk about this moment in history and we would recognize that the banner of God is what they carried over their life. Tonight, there is power in the banner. I believe he knew this was a permanent reminder of what God can do. And I want to challenge you tonight in your life, what banner are you holding over your life? What banner do you walk out of these doors and declare above you? Are you walking around going, oh, I got this banner over my life. It's a little too busy, but I'm still gonna do what I can. Do you carry the banner that says, oh, it might be hard if I have to hold my hands up for 10 minutes. I don't know if I can do that. Maybe the banner you have over your life says, oh, it's been a rough week. The kids are crazy. I don't know if I can get to church now. You know, what banner do we hold over our lives? 
What do you have as a permanent reminder in your life of how good God is and how when we reflect Him with our worship here, He does incredible things in the spiritual realm? Do you walk with a banner of the Lord Jesus Christ over you that says, God, I exalt you, I worship you, move through me. So tonight, if we just slacken a little bit, if we just release the tension tonight, if we forget about everything that happened today, if we forget about everything that happened this week, that one person that said that thing tonight, if we just release a little bit, what's God going to do in your life? What's God going to do in the spiritual realm around you to set you up for this week? Because what you lift up and what we reflect is God's worth, not our circumstance. I pray tonight that we're a church that wears the banner that says, I lift up my King of Kings no matter what. That we're the church that we don't seek gratification for a thing, we seek the reward of a King. That when we worship God, He moves through us and in incredible ways. I pray that that's the church that we are. That no matter what's happening, no matter whether it sounds amazing like it does on stage or whether it doesn't, we worship God because He is worthy of our worship. I pray that tonight that's who we are as a church. So tonight we're going to worship. I encourage you, just reflect on God. Be still so that He's made known. Raise something higher than you tonight if you need. If you need prayer to get past that, if you need prayer to move into something, we'd love to pray for you. But we're going to worship now. So why don't we just stand and just worship our God for a little bit.